this week we're going to go back to Galatians. If you remember, we uh, when two weeks ago when we were finishing up, um, we did Galatians chapter six, verse one, and uh, we we really had to stay in that verse for a little bit. Uh, today we're going to pick up with verse two and uh, get two through five. And this is what uh, this is what it says: Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. So I'm going to go back and read that that scripture just one more time. Bear one another's burdens. I'm going to add some words right here. And in doing so you'll fulfill the law of Christ. That's what we're going to talk about today. Key question number one, are you a burden or are you a burden bearer? I tell you, two weeks in a row, I'm, just, I'm not even giving you a warm-up period. I'm sorry. I mean, just, you know, swinging for the chin on the... Are you a burden or are you a burden bearer? I didn't say, do you have burdens? Because we all have burdens. We all have things that, are, that, that weigh on us. We all have things that affect us. That's all right. That part's okay. We're going to see that. That's, that's what this whole passage is about. He doesn't say you shouldn't have burdens. But, but we've got to determine, are we a burden on people or are we a burden bearer? Because, you know, it's one of these mutual things, I believe, where when... Have you ever had anybody in your life that only time they ever showed up was when they wanted something? Well, stop it. Well, you know how it is. I mean, I, I remember. Um, I remember. I was. I was sharing with a friend of mine at, at work that he was going to preach a message, and and he was talking about tomato plants. How about that? And um, and I said, Oh, you know about those suckers, don't you? And he was like, He thought I was being like slang, and he was like. Yeah, I mean, I know a little bit about them. And I said, no, 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 you know about those suckers, don't you? And he said, yeah, I, I, I know about them a little bit. And I'm going, all right, hang on. You know, I mean, anybody garden? Anybody garden? All right. So, so you, know, you know, folks that garden, the rest of us that kill stuff, you know, we, we don't. We, if you attempt to garden and you kill it, you didn't garden. I'm just telling you. I mean, you just killed stuff. That's, that's me, all right? Although uh, it's funny because Michelle had some, uh, she had some tomato plants sitting on the porch, and and the pastor of Faith Presbyterian lives next door to us, he and his wife, and and so um, they were dead in the pot, it appeared, and and Michelle took and, and said, told her neighbor, said, hey, I mean, if y'all want, they've been getting tomatoes now off the plants, and I have to drive by it and see it, and I'm like, wow, you know, some people can garden, some people kill things. I mean, that's just. But look, for people that garden, you, uh, you know that there are some branches, particularly on a tomato plant, they don't bear fruit. And they're called suckers. And, and my grandparents would go, and they'd go pinch the suckers off. You know, They'd go take all of those off because all they do is take and take and take and they don't give. Sap suckers. So are you a burden? Or a... That's one of the first questions we have to ask ourselves. Not... Understand again, not do you have a burden, not is it that you need help with your burden. 
But the question we're asking ourselves today is, do you help other people with their burdens? All right? And, but before we really get into this concept of burden, we've got to understand something. We've got to understand what does it mean to fulfill the law of Christ because he said that bear one another's burdens and in doing so you will fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what's the law of Christ? Here's a, here's a great scriptural reference to that. In John chapter 13, verse 33 and 34, he says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, little children, I'll be with you a little while longer and you'll seek me and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going you cannot come. So now what I say to you is this. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, I, I, man, I could preach that passage. That, that's one of the passages I could preach because it, he, he said, I want you to love each other, but not as you would normally love each other, as I have loved you. I want you to love one another. Now, here's Jesus standing here who has the ability to say, look, I'm going to lay down my life for you. I, 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 no greater love has any man than this than that he lay down his life for his friends. I've, I've done it. I came here for the purpose of growing up, living the perfect life, and dying and, and sacrificing on your behalf. So when he says, hey, I want you to love one another as I've loved you, He's not talking about sending each other little, you know, nice little notes with, with little hearts and stuff like that or, or doing what we tend to do in our social media generation because, you know, even us older ones, we're kind of in that too because, you know, hey, we were there when MySpace came out and <laughs> all that other junk. But look, here's the thing. Y'all have heard me say it before. It's kind of like people, you know, clicking like. That does not mean you love people. You know, it doesn't qualify. You know, hey, somebody says, hey, I have a need, and you click, oh, I like, I like your statement. And then, and then people will even clarify it. They'll, they'll put a thing and say, hey, I click like to indicate that I am praying for your situation. Great. You know, hey, that's wonderful. It was fantastic. You know, I mean, I had all of these things yesterday on Facebook, you know, saying happy birthday and all that stuff. From, from you guys, that was meaningful, you know. But there were people that were, you know, sending me happy birthday things. And I, I looked at Caleb and I said, look, I'm just going to be on. And then I had to start thinking. And I was like, man, I hope I've clicked happy birthday on people's stuff. Because I was like, I don't click happy birthday on everybody's stuff. Because there's people that are on Facebook. I don't really know who they are. I, I, you know, I don't know that much about them. And, and so, you know, but there's, they'll get on there and they'll just, hey, there's five people that have birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. Hey, that's great. And, you know, and, and if... And if you were excited, you know, and said, man, I had 200 people click happy birthday, you know, yesterday. Wonderful. I mean, that's great. If I have 10 people that truly love me, I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, he said, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. This is important because it's a prerequisite. It's a prerequisite for the average person to be able to help another with a burden. The problem is, is that oftentimes we don't really love each other as Christ loved. We kind of love each other with the concept of how we love people as an earthly person. So I thought about this contrast. Helping someone you love versus will you help someone you don't know. 
And so I, I was, uh, every now and then, God will use Facebook for something in my life. And, and so I was, I was uh, laying looking at the iPad with Michelle the other day, and, and I said, oh, uh, that's something out there. Um, a pastor friend name that I knew, and I said, uh, they moved to Arkansas. And she was like, well, who is that? And, you know, I don't know that name. And so I was explaining who. Well, last night, this guy, they just moved. They just literally moved this week to a new church from here in Alabama to Arkansas. And he posted a thing, and he says, look, if there's anybody from the Paragold Church that's in Jonesboro, we're broken down on the side of the road, and we need help. Now, this is where social media gets interesting because I saw people go, and I was almost like, I'd almost rather you than this. I saw people go, sorry, we're from Jonesboro, but we're in Paragold right now, so can't help you. <laughs> and then other people going, and other people clicking like, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's like 20 people who click like, and I'm going, if you're on the side of the road, broke down, got your phone out, you've just moved here, you don't know anybody, you're the new pastor of the church, and you're trying to get anybody from the church, who you don't know yet, really, to come help you, and people are clicking like, 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 like. You're going, hey, I'll tell you what I like come Sunday morning. <laughs> you need some love. Look, so, so now let's, oh man, it's no one in punch to the face kind of things. So you're riding down the road. I would hope that if you saw me standing on the side of the road, you know me, I would hope that if you saw me standing on the side of the road and, I'm, and, and, and I've got a flat tire or I look like I need help or whatever, I hope that you, would go, you wouldn't go, hey, there's our pastor. You know? <laughs> hey. And then go on Facebook, hey, pastor, saw you on the side of the road. Like, like, like. You know? All right? You know? I would hope you would at least pull over and go, hey, Pastor, you need some help? Or you, you know, I mean, why are you here? You need, need a, can I do something for you? I hope you would do that for other people here in the church. I hope. But yet we will drive by people that we don't know. We'll drive right past them. People going, oh, now, you just meddling. Oh, yeah, there's all kinds of reasons why, and there's safety stuff. I understand all that. We're not talking about all the weird, crazy stuff. You know, it's midnight, you're a lady coming home alone, and you see four guys broke down on the side of the road and pull, hey, can I help? That's not what we're talking about. And, and, and I'm not saying you ought to stop and help. That, that's, I'm just questioning this. Sometimes when we don't know people, we, will, we, won't, we won't help them. So what if people show up inside our church? What if they walk in our doors and we don't know them and they have burdens? If we'll drive by them on the street, are we going to walk past them inside here? I don't really know them. I, I, don't, I don't really know their issues. But, but someone that you love, you would reach out to help, right? You, we would hope. That, that's what we would hope. But I want to share this with you. One of the reasons that the world is struggling to see Christ is because the church doesn't love the world like Christ did. Well, come on. That's one of the reasons why they're struggling to see right now in the middle of everything that's going on that the world needs to see Christ lived out in us. We've seen this all throughout Galatians as we've been preaching through this. That it's the life of Christ that needs to be lived out in us. 
that needs to be shown in us. It needs to be exhibited in our hearts. It needs to be exhibited in our lives and in our actions. Now, the Bible says that while we were yet in sin, that Christ loved us. So, we don't know people, so we don't bear their burdens. But Christ said, you need to love like I loved. See, sometimes we find it easy to bear the burdens of people that we love, but sometimes even with that, it's usually only if we believe it wasn't self-inflicted or deserved. Man, this was just a tough day, guys. I mean, I'm just throwing it. You know it happens. You know it does. How many of you went and watched the movie War Room? Okay, so you went and watched the movie War Room. Remember what was going on? What, one of the backstories that was going on in this, you remember, was, was, her, uh, was her sister? You know, the, the, the lead lady, not, what, not Cecilia or whatever, but it was the, the, the ladies, Elizabeth, her sister. And remember, her husband was all upset that he was going, they don't deserve, you want to send them support, you want to send them some stuff, they don't deserve that. I'm not sending them our hard-earned money and doing... So there's, an attitude, there's a hard attitude that says, I know I'm supposed to love the world the way Christ loved the world. But, but I, 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 even if I love you, I, I'm not going to necessarily... Now, Nathan, are you saying that uh, if somebody has a financial problem, you need to go pay all the fine? No, please don't, don't, don't start misunderstanding that. We just try to make everything physical sometimes. We want everything to be, well, you've got to go financially meet their need. Well, you've got to go do... That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about doing what, like, what Christ would do. Christ didn't just come along and say, hey, I'm going to help you all be rich. He came along and said, what you really have need of is a physician because you're sick. And the sickness that you have is sin. And so I'm going to pay the price for that and I'm going to heal that in your life. He didn't come and say, well, I'm just going to, oh, okay, you, need a, you want a big house? All right, here's your big house or whatever. That wasn't his concept of bearing burdens and meeting needs. But, but if we only help people that we believe did not self-inflict their problem or deserve it, then we've got to ask ourselves this question. What if Christ had only helped us with burdens and issues that weren't our fault? <laughs> what, what, if, what if it was... Uh, God's only going to help you with stuff that you didn't do to yourself. Hey, hey, man, I can be honest with you. There have been multiple times in my life where I've had to go and say, God, I totally messed this up. I've done it to myself. I don't have any right to stand here, God, and ask you truly. I can't ask you to bless me in this or whatever, but I can ask you for mercy. God, I can ask you for grace. I can ask for you to extend to me something that I don't deserve but God, I'm here and I'm repenting and I realize what I've done. I realize the mistakes. And God, all I can do is throw myself at your mercy and say, God, without you, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I dug the hole and I jumped in and I threw some dirt on top of myself. But now I realize, and, and so God, I need help. I'm thankful that God, through Christ, didn't distinguish between helping us if we had done it or if we would not done it. I always imagine kind of that, again, that vision that he, he just repeatedly gives us, particularly through the, new, uh, through the Old Testament of, of a shepherd. 
I don't think that the shepherd would leave the 99 sheep. Remember the Bible talks about if he had 100 sheep and, then he, and one got lost, he'd leave the 99 to go find the one. I don't think when he leaves to go find the one that if he finds that that sheep has kind of wandered off and fallen off the uh, cliff a little bit and, and is hurt and is damaged, he goes, well, you know what? You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have walked off the cliff. Right. See ya. Got to go back to the 99. Well, and so, you know, here's what it made me think about as well. Uh, well, we'll get there in half a second. I get all excited sometimes in these sermons, and I'm like, yes, I want to I wanna get somewhere. We're going to come back to that here in just a second. Let's look at the contrast, because if you're reading, if you're reading the King James Version, um, which this we were reading was in the New King James, but if you're reading the King James Version, it actually uses the word burden both in verse 2 and in verse 5. It said, bear one another's burdens, but then it also talks about let each person then carry their own burden. So for most people, they look and go, wait a minute. I, I, what's the difference between in one verse it says, bear one another's burdens, and three verses later it says, but you ought to bear your own burden. This is where it's important. I always tell you all, knowing the original words and what they mean is, is critical. So here's the, here's the comparison, whether there's a conflict. In verse 2, the word that's used here that's translated typically as burden indicates a heavy, crushing load. A heavy, crushing load. He says, you need to bear one another's heavy, crushing load that one cannot bear by themselves. But in verse 5, we see a different word that's used. And the word that's used there, which is more accurately translated as load, is used to designate the pack that's normally carried by a marching soldier. So one, the bear one another's burden was bear one another's crushing, overwhelming, heavy, oppressive load that's more than what one person can do. But then in verse 5 he says, but everyone, all of you need to be carrying your pack. You need to be carrying your portion that prepares you for the mission. Matthew 11 and 30 talks about this. It says, Jesus says, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And that word that is burden there is that same one that was my pack. Carry my little pack. I remember the one time that I went, uh, I went deer hunting. There was nothing successful about it. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I mean, I, I, I still have most of the stuff. I got all excited, and, um, and I, I have a hard time not doing, you know, just doing stuff halfway. So I always convince myself that if uh, the way for me to get really committed into something is I need to go commit, you know. So, so I mean, I go and buy the, you know, the, 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 the camo overalls and and the uh, and had the camo shirt and bought the boots and I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I mean, I was apparently not thinking with the wallet at that point. But you know, I'm buying all that stuff. I went and bought me a shotgun. You know, the whole nine yards. Had me a hat. Had me that. You know, the thing cover your face. And I mean, I was gonna be all ninja deer stalker in the woods. I mean, it was gonna happen. You know. Um, didn't go up with guns much because my, my mom had, a, had an uncle that 
um, was deer hunting, had a young teenager with him and, and uh, didn't follow safety, shot before he could see and it was my great uncle coming back and hit him in the spine and paralyzed him. And so my mom was always against. So I didn't really grow up with, you know, with guns and stuff. But, but, uh, but I was determined. I wanted to, I wanted to go deer hunting. I really wanted to be turkey hunting, but it was not turkey hunting season. So, so I was going to go deer hunting. And uh, so, so my buddy takes me with him, with him and his son. All right. And there's nothing more humiliating than being, you know, thirty something years old, and you're going, and uh, and a fourteen year old is going. Uh, hey, Nathan, don't, no, don't, no, no, don't do that. No, 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 put this stuff on. No, not on your face, but, you know, I mean the whole, because it was that sense. <laughs> but anyway. I mean, he had me dragging junk, you know, he had stuff tied to my foot, you know, dragging behind me, you know, in the, in the woods and stuff, you know, and, and I mean, just all, and he's, and he treats me like I'm, you know, his project. He's 14 and he's, he's going to do this, no, put, you know, and, uh, and so we get out, and it's cold, and we go out here, we go out, um, you know, like you're going to take the back way over Baines Gap, and, and, uh, and they get me out in the middle of the woods somewhere, and he's, I'm like, okay, so what are we, what are we going to, I'm sorry, okay, what are we going to do? You know, because, wait a minute, and he's like, look, you're going to sit right here at the bottom of this tree, because they weren't going to put me on a tree stand, you know, and all that stuff. You're going to sit right here at the bottom of this tree, and I'm going, okay, so what do I do then? And they said, you're going to sit here at the bottom of this tree, and I'm going... But, but what am I going to do then? And they go, well, you're going to sit here at the bottom of this tree. <laughs> that was the coldest. Um, you know, sitting at the bottom of the tree. I, I'd, have been, I'd have been happy to see squirrels, anything, something run by. And it's like three hours go by and I realize, I know it's cold, but I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> And so now what do I do? Because I realize, you know, and I'd read up a little bit, so I'm going, well, you know, I, I, can't, I can't do this right here by the tree where I am because then the deer's going to smell it, you know. And, and this, this, you know, 10-point buck that I'm going to shoot on my first time out is going to, yeah, yeah, he's going he's gonna to see this. He's going to smell this. And he's not going to come over here, you know. And one of the most interesting days I, I think I've, I've ever spent was not fun. But... But the only good thing was that I got to sit there and, and eat my little beef jerky, you know, because I had a pack. I had my little pack with me, you know. It was a fanny pack, and I looked really bad, you know. And, and, and look at Caleb. Caleb's like, yeah, my dad had a fanny pack. I'm no laugh because you take it every time that you go playing, uh, well, you know, airsoft guns and all that. You know, he used to have it. Um, all right, so... <laughs> But thank goodness I had this pack. You know, I had my little bottle of water in there. You know, I'd pack that thing up because I'd call them, what do I need to have? And, well, you know, take you some little stuff to eat and take you a bottle of water, you know, and all that. I didn't have a smartphone then. You know, man, that would have been great because I could, at least could have been sitting there, you know, and done something. So I, <laughs> so, so I, I thoroughly admire people that, that have the ability to go out there and you commune with God doing that. I was praying to God, but I was praying, Lord, either let something come by fast and let me kill it so we can be done, or, you know, it's something. But thank goodness that I had, you know, that little pack. Sometimes I think we, um, we don't realize that there is some type of burden that's required to follow Christ. But 
We just saw in his word that he said that that burden is normal and it's necessary. And he said, and it's light. You know, there, there are things in life that are, that are going to happen. There are, there are normal things that, that are part of God's light burden, that part. But then there's other stuff. This is where, this is where the rubber meets the road. Then there's the effects of a fallen world. It's impacted by sin. And, and what do you mean it's impacted by sin? I mean, God never intended for there to be death. God never intended for there to be pain and hurt and heartache. God didn't intend for that stuff to be. So there's oftentimes just beyond the normal, just everyday, you know, things. There's big stuff that happens out of a fallen world. That includes some life events that are crushing and are overwhelming. It's too much. It's too much for one person. If we're not careful in the church world, we will have a tendency to tell people, well, you just need to take that to God. But Galatians 6.2 says that there's something else that ought to happen. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens. It's easy for us to tell people, hey, you know, you need to take it to God, you need to pray, you need to release it, you need to let go and let God... That's not what Galatians 6, 2 said. He said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is the burden that we're called to come alongside people and shoulder and bear. He goes on in, there in Galatians in verses 3 and 4 and starts, he lays out something that we have to make sure we have done. He says, but if, if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. What does that mean for the church? What it means is Paul recognized that there were going to be some people that would consider themselves too good to help with the burden of another. Some people were going to struggle with that. And, and so this thought came into my mind is, have you ever had to help somebody with a job that was dirty? It's just it was dirty. You know, there are times where, I, I remember when, uh, when Michelle and I first got married, I went to, to work for Dana Corporation. It, at the time, was out behind Winn-Dixie in Golden Springs. And, you, you know, when you're the newbie, especially when you're young and you're the newbie, you know, you get all the jobs nobody else wants to do, right? And, um, and I remember they, they, had this, they had this big stamping press in, in the plant, and, and all this dye lube, it was blue, it was this blue dye lube that would all the time it would run off of everything, and, and so it would go under the press in the floor. There was grating in the floor. And, and then sometimes if we were running parts that came down, parts would end up down in there. And, and people would take sometimes, if, if they weren't supposed to, but there probably had some, been some food that ended up down in there and all that stuff, but it was a, it was a solid diamond tread plate over it. Well, once a year, there was this wonderful event that happened. 
and, and, and this plant-wide cleanup that occurred. And, uh, and one, of the, one of the cleanup items was they would pull up the diamond tread plate. And it would be about 12 to 18 inches deep in this dye lube and where some food had gotten down in there and stuff. And, and, and y'all know, you know, some grease and stuff just stinks bad anyway. And when you got all that stuff mixed up down in there and all that. And, and, and so here I am, you know, I was like 20 years old maybe. And, and they're like, hey, you need to go get your white suit. I'm going, white suit for what? And they're like, you need to get the white suit and the boots because you're going down in to clean out the pit. It was the stinkingest thing I've ever been in my life. I mean, and I, and I had these big rubber gloves on up to here because you had to get all the parts up out of there and I mean, junk just dripping off of them. I mean, just hanging, nasty stuff. I, if Mike Rowe would have had a television show then, Dirty Jobs, I'd have been like, come on, bro. Right here. I got you right here. What's the dirtiest job you've ever helped somebody with? This may be bad, but I'm... What's the dirtiest job you've ever helped somebody with? Working, shop. working at Dennis's shop? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, cleaning out a septic tank. Oh, wow. It, yeah, little kids. All right. Matthew, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. He, he just talked smack about you right then. He said adults. Yeah. What's the, what's the dirtiest job you've ever... Hand digging a grave. Sometimes people think that they're too good to get involved in the mess of a situation in somebody's life. Oh, it's too messy. I don't want to be involved in that. I thought about the story of the, of the Good Samaritan. You know, we, we, we focus a lot on the, you know, the, the religious... Um, arrogance, if you will, but you know, if you remember, you know, the one guy literally, he might as well have said, I just don't want to come over there and get my hands dirty and stuff because if it does, it's going to interrupt my ability to go do ministry. Man, what is ministry? What is ministry other than coming alongside each other and, and dealing with the difficulty of life and dealing with the hard things that we go through? I mean, I'll be honest with you. Hey, when things are going great and all that, if you, know, if you come by and see me, fantastic. I can just speak for me. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. You know, if you come by and see me, that's, hey, that's wonderful. If you tell me, hey, I you know, hope you're having a great day. If you call and check on me or whatever, all that stuff's great. That's great. But when I really need you is when, it, when things really go south. When it goes bad in a hurry, that's when I need you. I need you badly. I don't need you to show up and, and hang out for a little while. I probably need you the week after and the month after and the year after. I pray God never lets us in the transient thing that is this fellowship. I pray God never lets us get to the point where that we see ministry as something other than getting in the ditch and helping somebody that's hurt. I pray that we never will walk by and go, 
oh man, I probably need to get on the other side of the street because that might get on me. Because Galatians 6 2 said, bear one another's burdens. You know what? Somebody ever gets their car stuck in the mud on the side of the road, if you don't have anything to tow it with, what do you normally have to do to try to get it out? You've got to push it. Well, guess what has the great potential of happening if you're behind the car? <laughs> it's liable to sling some stuff all up over you. Now, here's the thing. If that person desperately needs to get out of that, that spot, out of that rut, out of that sticky situation. Are you going to go, well, man, I'm dressed, I'm dressed for church. I can't. <coughs> Are your clothes really worth that much? Are they, they worth enough to say, I can't help you? And that's in the most physical thing. Look, is, is your reputation worth so much? Now you hear me. Is your reputation worth so much that, that you can't go help somebody? That you can't? Because when you get under that burden, if I'm going to, if Sean, if Sean's, if Sean's standing here, I'm going to steal him. If Sean's standing here, he's, he's got this burden on his back. And the Bible says, bear one another's burdens. Now, I can't take Sean's burden. I, re I really can't take it and just go, here, you give it to me, and, and you're not going to have this to deal with. And you, you, this isn't going to be part of your life. I, I'm going to take it on to my life. I've got to come over here. You ever notice when they, sure. everybody watched a little, you know, most people watched a little football probably yesterday. Somebody gets hurt, and they go, hey, he can't put weight on his foot. Why? In other words, his foot can't bear the burden of the rest of his body, right? right. So they get together like this. And he'll keep that weight off of that. And I'll bear some of that weight. Right. And I have to come alongside him. And, and if he's got grass stains and if he's got other stuff on him, I can't go, hey, well, you know, let <clears throat> I me. Mean, because that doesn't work. That doesn't help. Yeah. I may have to get right up here in the middle of the problem. Right. And say, hey, it's all right. I'm here. I'm going to help you. I'm going to shoulder some of this. Hey, transfer that weight off that foot. Put it on me, brother. I got you. If I get better, I'll help you. That's right. <laughs> Bear one another's burdens. Nobody can truly help another person if your heart's full of a feeling of superiority or condescension. You can't look at somebody that needs your help and think, oh, I'm better than they are. Because you won't truly be able to help them then. Because what you're doing in order to try to help, you're just you're not you're not helping the entire range of the of the need. Proverbs, two different places in Proverbs talk about this. Proverbs 16 and 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 6 actually goes a little stronger. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, and the first one on the list, a proud look. 
Sometimes I think that we go, well, I, no, I, I mean, I really didn't think I was better than they were. You thought your time was too good for you to be able to spend it helping them. Man, it's a tough message today. This thought hit me this morning. A humble spirit will lead to a willing heart. So when we get when we become humble, we realize, you know what, I'm not any better than anybody else. I too was lost. I too hey, I mean, let's take it to the most basic thing. Saved versus not yet saved. Hey, when I remember I once was lost, but now I'm found. It was amazing grace. Then all of a sudden, I'm no better than. I've just already experienced something that I want someone else to experience. Well, I never would have made that mistake. Great. Great. I mean, maybe you wouldn't make a mistake in that area of your life, but maybe you'll make it in another area. And so as you come alongside somebody with humility today and say, hey, transfer some of that weight onto me. I shared here, I don't know, several weeks back, even a scripture I've never really heard people preach that much about where Moses went to God and said, God, I cannot bear these people anymore. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. I can't deal with them. I can't. And God told him, he says, hey, call you out 70 men from the elders and call them to you. And God said, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to take some of the spirit that is on you and I'm going to put it on them and they will help you with this. There it is. I have a burden, God, that's bigger than what I can do. God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he says, hey, you should be able to go to the mature people in your church and say, hey, I need some help. This thing's too big for me. And that God will take, if you truly have a desire, if you and I truly love each other as Christ loved us, that's what he said, I want you to love as I have loved you. If we truly do that, then we will desire to get down under and say, I want, I love you so much, Stephen Presley. I love you so much, Jonas, that, that I want to, in the middle of, of something that you go, I'm willing to experience, I can't experience exactly what, but I'm willing to experience some of that to help you. Because I want to help bear your burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ to love one another. I shared with somebody recently, the Bible tells us, it doesn't say that you'll be known. It doesn't say that we'll be known by miracles. It doesn't say that we'll be known by signs. It doesn't say that followers of Christ will be known by big buildings. It doesn't say that they'll be known by no building. It doesn't say, what he says is, they will know you by your love one for another. Bearing one another's burdens. So what's the summary? Number one, 
we're called to help each other with the heavy, crushing loads of life. Let me stop for just a moment and tell you this. Some heavy, crushing loads are hard for everyone not to know about. Some heavy crushing loads, you don't have an option of people not knowing. You unexpectedly lose your job, most people are going to find out around you. There's not going to be much way that you can hide that. Someone in your family passes. They die. You're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to hide that. People are going to know that. Some things, though, may be stuff that you are internally and personally dealing with, and you may even be able to keep even your spouse from knowing exactly what's going on. The problem is sometimes is that that the burden of whatever that is starts to become so oppressive and so heavy and so strong that you just can't hold up under it anymore. That's why that God said, first and foremost, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But I challenge you today as a group of believers that he did not stop there. Understand the contrast. He says, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to let you become strengthened again. I'm going to let you regain. Because if you can't rest, then you become weak. So he says, in the spiritual side of this, you come to me and I'm going to give you rest. But then he turns around and he says, through Paul in Galatians, but then I expect those people that you have a relationship with around you that, that are the body of Christ That's right. to step over under your burden and say, hey, put some of that off on my shoulder. Come unto God and He's going to give you rest. But then I'm going to come and I'm going to give you relief. But if we don't build relationship, I made a great sermon, rest, relief, and relationship. But if we don't build relationship, then we won't come to each other. I'm going to go ahead and tell you one of the main things that I always advocate. Women don't need to go to men, confess in there what they need. Men don't need to go to women in the church. Just telling you, that's just, we're just being safe and we're being... But men need to come alongside men. Women need to come alongside women. I'll pray for any of you, you know. I, I... But men, we need to stand in a gap with each other. We're the worst ones. We're the worst ones. Women will, will tend to build. Y'all know y'all will tend to build at times some closer relationships as far as about feelings and things like that. Amen? 
And not, not always, but, but probably better than what us men do because we try to act like we don't have them and, and that, you know, no, I'm good. You know, I, I got this. I'm, I'm all right. And we'll throw ourselves into a hobby or we'll throw ourselves into work or we'll, and actually we'll start withdrawing from most other things that require feelings too. We'll pull back away from our families. We'll pull away from our church. We'll pull away from all those things because we start. We, we don't deal well with one area of feelings. We kind of just shut off all the feelings. But we're called to come alongside each other and say, hey, I'm here to help bear your burden. I liked the song. We used to do it... Uh, we used to do it when I was part of a band that traveled around and doing contemporary Christian praise and worship stuff and all this. But I'm sorry, I liked it. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Bono, bono, four. It won't be long till I'm gonna need Somebody to lean on. Oh, right, yeah. You just call on me, brother, when you need a friend. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you understand. We all need somebody to lean on. Lean on me. Uh. When you're not strong, and I'll be your friend, yeah, I'll help you carry on, bono, bono, four, and it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. All right, so now you can go tell everybody you sang Lean On Me in church. <laughs> well, it's scripturally accurate, really. Lean on me. When you're not strong. Galatians 6 2. I don't know how the guy got inspired for the song, but I'm going to say Galatians 6 2. Lean on me. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend and I'll help you carry on. For it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. Just call on me, brother. Why? He used the term. Just call on me, brother. <laughs> when you need a friend. Because we all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you understand. Man, I could preach lean on me. I'm just telling you right now. Galatians 6, 2. Lean on me. Amen. Amen.